0: episode 142 of the listen in podcast our second episode of 2019 and Jake we are doing a rap state of the union
1: which you know I think if you were looking for two people who are most qualified to do it who else but two um white 26 year old uh, guys from New Hampshire who, like, for the last two years talked mostly about emo. <laughs> I think we're the right people to be doing this. That's the thing, though. In all
0: seriousness, yes, we don't necessarily have our finger on the pulse of rap or what rap has been the last few years, but I think it is a genre that is so popular right now that it is seeping into all facets of music and music discussion. And I think this conversation that we'll be having on this episode, Jake, is going to be exactly from the lens of two people who are just general music fans who have discovered some more of this rap music in the past year and have some thoughts on it. I think it's going to be an interesting discussion from the perspective of, like, music in general, where's rap at? We're not going to necessarily get into the nitty-gritty of, like, labels or who's on, like, the come-up here or, like, who's doing features on what or whatever, like... We don't know that stuff. We don't pretend to. We're going to do this from a perspective of we're general music fans. We want to talk about what this means to music right now right. from the casual fan or kind of like the a, maybe a little bit more serious music fan who doesn't necessarily uh, live in the world of rap at all times. Before we get into that, though, Jake, okay. Okay. I have a couple news items for you. Here. Oh, oh let's a couple hear news them. items. So, with the coming of the new year, we get the inevitable. Festival lineup announcements The big three Bonnaroo, Coachella, Lollapalooza Um, So those all got announced Over the last week or so And I have to say They're as boring as ever Holy shit These have gotten Worse and worse Since we've started doing the podcast I think
1: Well And I've noticed that there's like you know when something has jumped the shark when it is even boring and annoying to see people joke about it. Right. Like when I see people on Twitter that are like, "Oh, the Coachella lineup is fucking whatever this right. or that," and they like, there's like right. all these like oh, witticisms about yep. the Coachella lineup. I'm just like, music festivals don't matter to me that much. I don't know, about especially you. ones that I'll never go to because they're so far away or expensive. Let me ask you this: Why? Why? <laughs> Are they? Are, do people make such a big deal about about the the lineups for big festivals? I'll tell you why. It's two reasons. One, because they're not novel. It's nothing. No. It's not like it's something interesting that happens every once in a while. Is it the idea that you might create recreate a Woodstock or something? Because music festivals. Ah, uh, that's, that's a good point. That's a piece. I, I didn't
0: think of that. That is a piece of it. But these festivals are so like.
1: They're so corporate, man. They are. And they're all about the money and advertisements, man. Well, and even the time we went to Boston Calling, like I had some fun, but for the most part, I was like, oh, I
0: see right through
1: all this. A lot of this isn't fun.
0: I'll I'll tell you why, Jake. And it's not... The interest isn't from anyone who's actually going. The the conversation is around who's who, who is the biggest font on here, who does Coachella, Bonnaroo, La et etc. deem as the biggest and best in music right now and it's always interesting to see who the headliners are because it 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 tells you who matters who is now basically
1: but doesn't it always feel like the response to that is like sort of feels like the people who end up being the big font sometimes the response is like they should have been the big font three years ago yes yes and like the people who are third, fourth row, it's like are the up and comers. Maybe have them higher exactly. up. That's people who; those are the ones people are more excited. About. It's like last year, Eminem was headlined. Like he'll put asses in the seats, though. Enough he does people, I mean, for sure. And
0: that's the thing with these headliners; they need to be big enough and popular enough that you'll get the people who are like, "Oh yeah," like even though I don't love this artist, I know enough songs and they have enough cachet where it's like, "Oh, it's interesting to go see them." So that's part number one. Part number two. Is that this gives us insight into who's putting out new music this year?
1: Right. Yeah, because exactly.
0: The people, like, for example, Tame and Paula is the big one that they're headlining, I think, Coachella. Um, we talked about them last week in our most anticipated albums of 2019 discussion. This all but confirms we're getting new Tame and Paula by the summer, at the very least.
1: Well, yeah, because if they're doing, yeah, Coachella at that time, and it's already been, what, rumored that they have something new Yeah, and I'm, i am got to say I'm pretty excited for some new Tame Impala. I, I
0: am too, and and I think it's it was already basically confirmed that by the summer there'd be something new.
1: But... Let me ask you this. This is a tangent. Tame Impala, is it cool to like Tame Impala anymore, or is it a punchline thing? Because I do, and I'm, I'll just own that. I like Tame Impala, but I've heard enough sentiment to the effect of like, Tame Paula is kind of like a, a little bit lame festival act. Like, they're, it's not that cool to like them. Um,
0: this is, It's interesting because I think it depends on who you ask. Yeah. I think there is a brand of person who is like, fuck Tame Paula. Yes. I only listen to, like, the real heady shit. Like, this is too pop. Or, like, this right. is, you know what I mean? It's yes. like, I only listen to, like... i don't even know enough about like who the true psychedelic heads are that like i don't even know but you'll get that you'll also get people who are like who's tame impala yeah you know like i don't even know who that is i've never heard a tame impala song then you'll get the people i I think there's enough people who are like oh tame impala collaborated with travis scott or rihanna covered a tame impala song or like i think kevin park or like i saw them on snl or whatever like I think there's enough people who are like, oh no, like they're cool. I think they're still cool. However, I could see if this next album isn't like critically acclaimed, I think you could start to lose like the pitchfork vote of confidence and then like the audience that they bring in. And then maybe they start to slip a little.
1: Yeah, it just has felt to me like. Which is a bullshit thing, anyways. But like, I think, you know, that's. Like, it all is. But it has felt like. Since um, uh, the last album came Current, out, Currents, yeah, Currents. I mean, that was four years ago almost. But since then, like, it, it feels like Kevin Parker and Tame Impala in general have become more and more like they're the establishment of rock, more ubiquitous. Yeah. It's like when if someone is going to name drop a rock band, like if, if someone point. someone who's a few years behind the curve and they're gonna try to name drop someone that's contemporary, yeah, the joke would be that Tame Impala that's is the a one really they good say. Point. And, like, t- that doesn't stop me from liking them at all. I loved him. Before. Oh, yeah. I, like, it's very much my kind of shit. It's psychedelic and it has hooks. Like Right, right. That, like, it's that's what, all it's, I... It's exact. I think it's what popular
0: rock music or rock music that is going to have mass appeal needs to be at this point.
1: Yeah, and it helps that I think the talent is really, really there. Because it done. is there. It because, is. like, when this would happen to something, to, like, a band like foster the people oh, right, or a band right. like uh, the fucking radioactive what's that band uh, imagine, imagine dragons. dragons. Like with Imagine Dragons, I'm like half their songs make me want to gouge my fucking yeah, eyes out because yeah, they're yeah, so annoying. Yeah. But you'd
0: still hear it because your ears are still very much working. Right. Yeah. yeah but yeah. Would, doing
1: I, anything to your eyes wouldn't help. No, wouldn't. But it would be it would be a distraction because I want to ultimately hear more music. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's part true. of the calculus oh, too. True. Would that's you really? On one more tangent, would you rather be blind or deaf? Uh, we talked. we've talked about this. Um, I, I think blind.
0: I think blind. Being blind would suck. It would, but I would get, like, a service dog. He could walk me around. I can still listen to music. I can still hear movies and TV shows. the
1: dog would be cute, but you wouldn't know.
0: Although, uh, if I'm deaf, this is very offensive, too, basically, to be, like, making light to people who may be deaf or blind.
1: Yeah, but I think it's, like, right, that's fair. But it's also, like, you know, would you rather have no legs or no arms? Like, some people are in that position. I don't mean to offend those people who are in that position. It's a fair question.
0: Um, but get getting back to the festival lineups thing, I I think it's two things. It is it's a who's who, and it yeah. also gives us a, a hint of who's putting out new music. Like if you look at the fonts on there and you see any big font that hasn't put out an album in the last year, you're like, oh shit, we're gonna get a new album by them. So if that's why I find it interesting. Tame and Paula was the big one where I was like, oh, that's confirmed. Like, yeah, we're gonna get one. Um, but other than that, I think pretty boring overall the other news item that we had jake uh ryan schreiber the longtime editor-in-chief and founder of pitchfork officially stepping down he's leaving pitchfork posted on something some kind of platform that he was stepping down from pitchfork and condé nast who now owns pitchfork um not a ton to say about this other than the fact that like
1: does this signal a further move away from what Pitchfork maybe was? Probably. I mean, Pitchfork has they've done what Rolling Stone did; they've right. become the establishment, right? Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it's it's maybe one part of it. Now, I, I, maybe I'm getting confused because was this the editor in chief? Because I thought the editor in chief stepped down last year. So was that Larry Fitzmorris?
0: Ryan Schreiber. I don't know if he's been the editor in chief. He he's always been the founder and like. Right, uh, figurehead leader, I, I guess. Um, I don't know how much day-to-day influence he's had, but um, I do know, like on Spotify, he he curates their "What's Good" playlist, and will you know he's involved in in some ways or was involved in some ways. So I'm wondering, Jake, how this influences our over/under bets. Do you think there are Less
1: reviews now, more reviews. My, what does that do to the reviews? My sense, honestly, about that is that a person at the high position that is it Ryan Schreiber, yeah, would have been. I think the trajectory of the company doesn't change that much. No, nah, I don't think so. I think like, whatever, like the people who have yeah. who have who have their hands on the content, right? That they I still do.
0: I mean, like content direction, or like if. And I have no insight, but if he had any say on scores or reviews or what got reviewed or when or what the, you know, how high or low the score would be, etc. I do think that's a fair point, though, where, especially when a company like Condé Nast is buying your publication, whatever was in motion is still going to remain in motion. It's like, remain in motion, it's like trying to turn around an ocean liner, you know? It's like, that doesn't happen overnight. It's like, that's a gradual process, and I think whatever pitchfork, whatever path they were on, they're still on.
1: Yeah, my guess is that he's, and I don't know the situation, but I would imagine someone in his position has been slightly out of touch with the scores for a bit. Yeah. That's my guess. And the person I was thinking of showing was Mark Richardson. Oh, okay. Okay. Who was the editor-in-chief and stepped down? Gotcha, gotcha. So more and more change, though. Yeah. So increasingly the, the wave of change at pitchfork. Yeah, and
0: in the world. Uh, So those are the two news items, Jake. Let's dive into our main discussion, though, that we teased at the top of the show. Our 2019 rap State of the Union. And again, I will reiterate here. This is a conversation with the caveat that this is from the perspective of two people who do not know everything, or even half of everything, about what's going on in rap. This is purely from our perspective as more casual rap fans right. and just general music fans and this has largely been a rock influenced podcast since its inception
1: right i feel like i think we have now sufficiently defended and self-deprecated properly. okay good i think good, we're good, like good. i think that i mean if any listener right now is like fuck these dudes <laughs> like they think they know rap <laughs> right, they think right, there's right. some authority <laughs> we're not you shut it off like it's right, not worth right, like right, we're gonna right. just try our best here it's
0: just gonna be an interesting i have a few we have some conversation prompts that i think we'll we'll, we'll dive into some stuff with. let's here. do it so jake the first thing is if you're even at all a music fan in 2019 you'll notice that rap kind of dominates the charts it is among the most popular genres every time you look at like the billboard top albums list there's going to be one that's from a rap artist like 21 Savage has been number one since his newest album came out at the end of 2018 um what in your mind why why is that why is this incredibly pop why is it so popular I mean this isn't anything new it's been trending this way but it feels like even more so over the last couple years
1: so my per my guess would be Um, I think we mentioned in the pre-show to the last episode that we both have watched some of that CNN, the 90s show, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it reiterated to me, even in the 90s, as rap was starting to really gain steam and get more and more popular um, with Biggie and with Tupac, and it wasn't until essentially like the end of the 90s, mid to end of the 90s, that rap really started to coalesce with pop. Right. I th- In, like, a way where it was natural and, like, oh, yeah, like, rap can also just be, like, pure entertainment also. Yep. And they pointed that out with um, with Puff Daddy in that episode. Yep. I think that in 2019 and probably since, like, you know, in, especially the last five years, definitely the last ten, you could say fifteen, um, that maturity and that, that growth together of yeah. rap and pop has just become, like... It now it's like obvious, Right. because like it just feels like the the pop of the moment is rap influenced and vice yes. versa. Yes, one
0: hundred percent. The hip hop sound has influenced everything. Um, hip hop
1: and like now, rap and hip hop are both like it's not like there's a catchy hook in there. Like you listen to like Big Papa by Notorious B.I.G. and yeah. it's like yeah, there's like a catchy little synth hook. And it's, it's so catchy, different now, though. but it's yeah. not these maximalist like. Right. Right. high vocaled hooks right. that the artist who writes it and also raps on it does. Exactly. And that's like the maturity we're coming to, I think. It's like Beach Boy melodies at all times but like with, yeah.
0: like through the lens of rap. It's yeah. insane. I, I think there's something to be said about streaming services and streaming culture at this point now where so many of these rap albums are stuffed with songs in a way that doesn't necessarily make for a fulfilling album listen, but there's so many songs and collaborations on it that it's just stream after stream. It's like if you're a fan of J. Cole and he shows up on the new JID track, J-I-D track, you're going to check that out because like, oh, we'll see what J. Cole's up to because I'm a J. Cole fan and vice versa. Like if somebody shows up on yep. somebody else's track, you're like, ah, I'll, I'll listen to that and then maybe you listen to a few more songs and before you know it, like that person has six hundred million streams on Spotify,
1: and it's not for nothing that rap artists and rap culture has been much faster to to in, to incorporate that as part of. I what want to talk about that. This the music fascinating, is
0: fascinating. The whole collaboration culture of this,
1: and it's like some of that goes on in rock, but usually in rock when it happens, it's behind the scenes. Right, it's people like passing stuff back and forth, and it's like, oh, did you hear like Saint Vincent produced this or Saint or like. You know when sorority noise and modern baseball are making stuff. It's like the the furthest extent I ever saw was like Bren from Modern Baseball yeah. singing on, a, mo- on yeah. a sorority noise song, and it's like that's way fewer and further between for rock music. With rap, it is it's very much you know a part of how an album comes together, yeah. and like I think in some ways that it has to do with. Um, a couple things, like to me it's like rap started as these collectives of individuals right. with their own ideas. Kinda like if you think about NWA or like one of those groups, um you know, Wu Tang, it's like they all they're all contributing. They are all basically like independent, but then when they come together on a beat, it's a little bit of each of them. And maybe it's so maybe for that reason it's a little more Yeah, I think part at, the, of it. at
0: the end of the day, like when you're talking about writing a song like a, like a rock song. Yeah. That's kind of a solo effort. It's like I am writing like I have these chords or I, I'm writing the lyrics to it and it's all kind of coming together in a way. Rap or hip hop, it's like maybe maybe someone is coming up with the beat for you and you're just like, oh yeah, I can like throw a verse on here. I think it's much easier to just be like, oh yeah, here's a verse that we can stick in here or like a little hook or whatever. And I think the parts coming together for a whole is a lot easier on that perspective than it is for a rock song. And also, like I, I think there's maybe kind of like a pride thing, or like a, I, I need to I, I need to do this myself, like singer songwriter kind of yep. like deal that it has never quite been there with rap. I'm obviously there's rap auteurs that are like I'm gonna just do this myself. I think J. Cole is actually a good example of that where he's like. I don't really do features like I don't really have that many people like coming onto my albums it's, it's just me yeah but I think overall a lot of these artists are like my stuff is made better and I will get more fans if I bring in some of these other names which is fascinating to me and I will say that's how I've discovered so many new rappers and artists that I've ended up liking I'm like oh I'm listening to the new Travis Scott album this sounds cool who sang this hook oh it's gonna I'm going to go check out that album right now. And it's like maybe there's stuff on there that I don't love, but I'm at least like discovering some other stuff. And maybe that one little hook that I found on the Travis Scott album, I like that sound. I'm going to get a few more songs that are like that sound. And I think that and what I would love to have, Jake, I need somebody to do like an infographic mm. of like all the features and like who has, like, helped who come up and, like, all these things. It would probably end up being a big web that starts with, like, Kanye West and then, like, Drake. And then, yeah. like, webs out from there.
1: The, the the point I was going to have earlier, and I would love an infographic like that and have neither the skill or... Knowledge. Or, like, uh, ambition to <laughs> right. make such right, an infographic... Right, right. But one of the points I wanted to make is that I think it doesn't hurt, obviously, that, like, the most popular and the biggest artists in the in the field, like Kanye West being basically the one who people would point to for, not so much now, but, like, probably until 2015 and for, like, the whole decade before that, he was sort of the one people were looking to. He was the, he's the consummate collaborator. Yeah. And, like, he's not the only one who does it. Like, it's become a part of the culture. And I think he... Not alone, but has helped to make that cool. People like him have helped to make that cool to be like, Yeah, like I'm gonna help this guy come up and then I'm gonna like because, like, think about like what was it, Kendrick, who was on like a was he on Take Care somewhere or like he was, yeah, he was,
0: he was, he was on the uh buried alive interlude after Marvin's room and that was one of Kendrick's first like major features. I think that was right around or right after Section 80 had come out. And that was the first time I had ever heard Kendrick was on that interlude track, and it was a revelation. I was like, "Whoa, who the fuck is this? This is amazing!"
1: And it is also fascinating to me that in a music so like filled with, and at this point, they are cliches of ego and like, mm. "I am the best, mm-hmm. no one can compete." It feels like that's done with a wink and a nod because it's it, it really is like I'm the best, and like there's a competition there. But, like, come be on half my tracks. Because it's like, these guys know
0: if I get Kendrick on a track, he's going to bring it and, like, that... He's going to bring in his own audience. And, yeah. vi- and like, vice versa. Like, su- they all know this.
1: And the success of Kendrick is is good for the success of Drake exactly. and vice versa. Like exactly. And he... Excuse me. Any of these guys on the top, like, it benefits them for other rap to be popular, exactly. too. Yes. It's yes. actually... It is, as you say, fascinating that it has taken off in the way it has. And I, I think you're making a great point that's a small part of it is like yeah I'm listening to a Kendrick album and he's one of the probably more sparse collaborators yeah. but on Damn well
0: I mean like, he, he always...
1: was in on Butterfly yeah on Butterfly that was more like it right. was like every other song every third that, song that
0: was like an auteur experience where he's like I know exactly what I want to do he will pop up on other people's tracks a lot, yeah, though, and on Two varying degrees of quality. I might add. Yeah. The knock on Kendrick, I think, is he'll sometimes mail it in on a guest verse. Where Would it's like, you? ah, you didn't really like. I'm not blown away by you. Other times, it'll like on uh, Carter Five on Mona Lisa. Yeah. it's Like, oh, you stole the show. You're the best verse on this entire album.
1: Because I think he still is the best rapper in the world. Yeah, and this, in a, in, yeah. a, in
0: a craft way. So. This is, like, the next question that I want to ask you, Jake, is who owns that rap crown in 2019 as the decade's coming to a close? Because I think when it started, you had Kanye West releasing My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar was not a thing yet. No, Drake was not really a thing yet. It was easily like, oh, Kanye, like, he's the guy right now. Then the middle part of the decade... Kanye was still definitely in the conversation, but I think Drake and Kendrick, that ended up becoming the big three right there. As we've gone to the latter part of this decade, there's been sort of a power vacuum with Kanye's antics and with his varying degrees of quality releases over the last year or two. What, who, who is it right now? Like, I think from a commercial standpoint, it has to be Drake, right? Like He does the biggest numbers... Probably makes the most money, sells shit out all the time. Migos is probably up there, too, from that regard. But I think that's only one part of it. Because I think from, like, a, we talked about, like, the, the Kendrick tourism or artistic point of view. And this
1: is so interesting, too, because as rap is starting to... I mean, it's now... A art, an art form that has been in maturity for like two full decades. Yeah. Not like, it was in, whatever, you could say like the 80s is when it really found its footing. The 90s is when it's like, this is here to fucking stay. Right, right. By the 2000s, it was it was like, it was both art and just true yep. pop and, and culture. Yep. Like, as you saw that start happening with rock, you look at the 70s and the 80s and, and it, it, there's a similar comparison there where it would be like, well, the most popular band right now in 1976 is like fucking Kansas or Boston. Yeah. yeah. Like the band selling the most records. Right. But for people who know the craft, they're not saying Boston's the best band. Right. Now, I'm not, that's that's a false equivalency in many ways. But what I'm saying is, I think what's interesting is like it's so big now that you can have someone or a few people who are like the best rapper. Yeah. And I think from a rap perspective, I think it's Kendrick. Yeah. Again. Someone could come on here and refute me who knows a whole lot more about right, it. Right, right. But, you know, from my eye and yep. my ear, it, it seems yep. to be Kendrick. But I agree, in terms of, like, cultural impact and the amount of importance they hold, like, Drake is a monolith. Yeah, exactly. And he's massive, and he, he's done everything right to be as popular as Drake
0: he Drake is. is a black hole of popularity and gravity. Or, or he is his own planet, and everybody, even Kendrick, I think, revolves around... Drake in that way. Yeah. Like, if Drake is Earth, maybe Kendrick's the moon, and, like, he's his own thing out there, but, like, at the end of the day, they're all kind of revolving around, or maybe the sun is a better example. We'll talk about solar system. Maybe Drake is the sun, Kendrick is the Earth, maybe. I don't know. Whatever you want to, like, put in this comparison. But it's a point well taken where it's like, you almost need to have two different conversations right now. Yeah. The commercial appeal and more the artistic... Appeal, and I think Kendrick owns that crown. Where if he releases something, it's not going to do as big numbers as Drake, but it will still do massive numbers, right? Relatively speaking,
1: right? So, like, Drake accepted, yeah. Kendrick still gets a fuck ton of streams, like, but is I don't even think he is as
0: big though as people who are way less talented than Drake. Like, there's people oh, out there, right. like, for example, and, like, let's let's look at the Spotify numbers. I, I yeah. want to compare Kendrick's biggest song. Of course, like, Spotify's not opening at the moment for me. So that's not helpful in any way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll filibuster and say that, like, it, it in the streaming era as it has sort of emerged, like, you can view it as most streams being the most important thing. But, like, I, I think you can lose sight pretty quick of, like, some of these people are like Kendrick is insanely popular and so of course,
0: and th- this is all like a relative conversation, yeah, right? Because when you're talking about streams, like six hundred million isn't that different from eight hundred million, except for the fact that two hundred millions a huge <laughs> number, like on its own, a massive. Zone. So, like, yeah, it's splitting hairs at a certain point, but let's see, because like the. Like, Drake put out Scorpion this year. Yeah. Had massive singles from it. Like, In My Feelings, Nice For What, God's Plan, whatever. You're looking at... God's Plan had over a billion streams on just Spotify. Yep. This year. In My Feelings has three quarters of a billion streams. There's other ones that I have you
1: know, the, the numbers Drake does on Spotify are absolutely it's stupid. Insane. It makes it makes no sense. And you know what it makes? It, how it ends up? I think it can be alienating to someone who's like on the outside because like for me, yep. something with Drake I that's, know. that's always been there for me is like not only do I not love his music as much as it seems like some people do, but also I'm like, well, he's just gonna keep doing that with or without me. Doesn't matter true, if I it's support true. him it's at true. all.
0: Humble is Kendrick's most played song right now it has 977 million plays which is no joke after that though the most played song is all the stars with 537 million
1: still a lot
0: still a fuck ton let's take a look at like somebody like Travis Scott who put out a massive album this year and yeah we'll we'll, we'll talk or last we, year we'll talk more about him in a little bit We'd like have to talk about tra- sickle mode. Four hundred and sixty-one million. Yeah. So, like, that's his most played. Uh, actually, no. Goosebumps has uh, from his his record that came out in two thousand sixteen. Actually, has close to six hundred million. But, but think about the
1: fact that Sicko Mode came out six months ago. Exactly. Or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. And like, Travis Scott is really ascending in a pretty crazy way. And like, he like he was just not that again. Talk about the old old establishment. But he just was on the cover of Rolling Stone. It
0: does feel like. Travis Scott filled that vacuum that Kanye did in different ways because or, or in the same ways in some way because you mentioned earlier Kanye was the consummate collaborator and curator Travis Scott who is a protege of Kanye given are beefing right now I think but Travis I think really took that to heart and was like I'm gonna do what Kanye did and do it in a way that is of this moment that maybe Kanye isn't doing, and I, I do think he has fit right in to that, pow- that that vacuum that Kanye has left as being the expert curator.
1: Yeah, and made an absolutely massive album. Because,
0: because listen to this, Jake. Like I, I was looking earlier at the uh like the credits of Astro World. Mm-hmm. Listen to these names that. Showed up on this album. Frank Ocean. Drake. Sway Lee. James Blake. Juice World, Shaq West. The Weeknd. 21 Savage. Thundercat. Gunna. Quavo. Takeoff. And I think I might be... Oh, The Weeknd. Like...
1: He, you said The Weeknd.
0: Oh, I did. He went out and got the who's who of rap in a lot of different ways. He's like, I'm going to get Frank Ocean who doesn't show up on anything. I'm going to get the weekend. Who's like turned into this huge pop star. I'm going to even get Drake on here.
1: So let me ask that, that kind of spawns two other questions. And I, 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 think you're right about Travis Scott taking that helm for sure. And it just feels like that's only going to continue. Um, because Astral World was huge and deservingly. So there's like undeniably massive songs on there that are like, so fucking fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but you brought up the weekend, and you brought up Frank Ocean, and I am interested in what your thoughts are on both of them, and like how they actually because in the solar system, they're both like they're mm. massive too. They both feel like planets, but it feels like it feels like Frank Ocean is like he's he's, he's, he's like he's like Jupiter or something. He, well,
0: I think Frank Ocean might actually be his own like fucking galaxy that is right. like just like next to the rap one
1: because it's like he he has his hand in rap, he has his hand in R&B, he has his hand in like experimental Top and
0: like all, yeah, all sorts of stuff.
1: And and he has made music that that definitely defies the conventions of all those things, but he can sort of do it and he's respected by all those people. Frank Ocean's like dark matter. Like we we don't even like really know what it is yet.
0: We just know it's out there, it's special, and it has an influence over everything else. Like that's Frank Ocean right now. He's like Almost separate from this conversation. And we're lucky that he'll grace our presence on some of these tracks.
1: That's what I was going to say. Because it feels like he has, like... Even Kendrick and Drake included in this discussion. I don't know that there's anyone who has the amount of goodwill from as many different... From as many different circles as Frank Ocean has. Because, like, I haven't met anyone who will shit on Frank Ocean. No. And, like... It would be tough to find someone who to shoot shit on Kendrick, but I think you could. Would- oh,
0: my sister is one. And she is somebody who will consume rap from the purely pop standpoint. Right. Loved a handful of those Drake tracks this year. She was all about them. She loved In My Field. Oh, like Kiki. Yeah. Like, oh, God's Plan. I love this song. I put on Kendrick and anything other than Humble. She's like, nah, I don't, I don't like him.
1: Well yeah and like in and by that same token it is also easy to shit on Drake and a lot of people do it. Oh yeah. Like it, he's an easy tar- yeah he's easy the target. easiest target yeah, 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 and yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, yeah. to his credit that he can just sort of withstand it. Yeah. Now what about the weekend? Cuz it feels like the weekend Has become like there was a point where the weekend I think it might have been two years ago or last year at some point was number one on Spotify, yeah, flat out, yep. Yep. So like, how's he fit into the discussion? Because I think he doesn't. I don't think anyone would ever say that at any point, and certainly not now, he ever had the throne or he had the crown. No, because like he's a little bit different. He's like
0: a pure pop artist, purely like R and B pop, and he will. He's a nice compliment to some of the artists that we've talked about. Yeah. But I think again, it's a different thing. Like he, he's a less impressive Frank Ocean. Yeah, it will, a much less impressive Frank Ocean.
1: But but if, but it that's a similar like Kendrick Drake thing. It's like I mean, because like, yeah. like the weekend that's a good point is going to sell a whole lot more. Kendrick is
0: to Frank Ocean as Drake is to the weekend. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's I think that's accurate.
1: Yeah, and I think the weekend is is someone who like is in some ways, like, among the most surprising of the stories. Because when he came out, I remember it was like, oh, this is going to be yeah. this kind of cool, like, indie... Yeah. But he exploded. He, he was uh,
0: part of the early 2010s PBR&B discussion, which was implying, like, an indie R&B. I think, like, Twin Shadow was yeah. kind of, like, in that discussion, too. And, like, How to Dress Well, and, like, that whole vibe, where it was like, "Oh, this is taking, like, that sound, but, like filtering it through, like, a more indie lens. And then The weekend was like, oh, no, I'm going to go be this decade's Michael Jackson.
1: Yeah, right, exactly. Except, like, he won't quite get there. Oh, no, Yeah. right, exactly. So, yeah, I think there's
0: a lot of different people vying for that crown. And I have to say, I love... Drake is very self-aware about these things. Uh, at the start of Scorpion, he went, like, the... the Fuck, what did he say? It was like the games in disarray. like Or like the crowns in pieces or whatever. And, and he was just like, but I have like most of it. Which is a really great... And he's even aware. He's like, I don't own all of this. But like, I have the biggest piece of the pie right now. I think that's pretty accurate.
1: As boring as that is, no, it, I think it's true. It is accurate. And it's like... It, but the popularity is fickle though. Because it's like right. it, it only gets you so much. It's like, right. yeah, you're the one who is the most liked and most listened to. But there's plenty of people who don't love it,
0: and yeah, yeah, you
1: exactly. know what I mean. And it's like, it's like, no amount of boasting will get you there, uh, right? Exactly, and that's what's tough about his position. And I, he can always
0: hang his hat on the numbers, like he'll he'll get the numbers until he doesn't anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, th- this knowing that Drake Kendrick, you know, they're they're probably at the top. Who do you think is poised? Is a twofold question, Jake. Who do you think is poised? to be in that conversation by the end of 2019 and going off of that who are some of like your favorite newcomers that have burst onto the scene over the last couple years and have made a case as the decade is coming to a close so i have a couple thoughts I, I man, but a, I'll, I'll let you go first
1: No, i have a couple for you um and so one and he's hardly a newcomer but it feels like Vince Staples could take a a chunk if he plays his cards right. What he has working against him is he is like 10% too quirky and like 20% too smart. And like too... He like... (laughs) Vince Staples is a guy who like he sees too much the absurdity of the whole thing. That can hold him back. The other one I want to bring up not because I think she is going to have like any... She's not going to own the crown or whatever is no name. Yeah. No name is someone who has like everything going. It's the right moment in history for a female rapper as talented as she is yep. to rise. Like critics and like critics especially love her. And her skill as a rapper with her pure form, her ability to like flow and rhyme is is actually like really something to be marveled at. And I don't think that goes unnoticed by rappers. I can see her getting potentially a couple big features. Yeah. This year, the last one I'll I'll, I'll shout out that I think had a, had a huge year last year is SZA. Yeah. She and like she'll do numbers too. Yeah. SZA is like a, a a bigger version of what No Name yeah. can be yet because SZA has all the stars. And dude, like that album she dropped, uh, Mary Kate listens to that sometimes. I I never listened to it. We that slept much.
0: on that. There's awesome songs on there's, there dude
1: there's bangers on it and like um and kendrick said from the remember he had his profile picture on twitter yeah. as just scissors album cover yep. for a long time yep. she and like no name and like i think so as more of a trend it's like feels like there could be more female rappers really well yeah like, like we we
0: haven't even mentioned like cardi b or sure. Nicki minaj yeah yet. that's fair they've been doing huge huge numbers and they're definitely in the conversation too um, Are
1: massive. They both, uh, yeah. I mean, like nikki for a while has felt more in that vein of like a pop star to me.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I have to say, like, I really like that Cardi B album. Like, I I don't I, go back and listen to it necessarily, right? But I'll hear songs from it, and I'm like, oh, like this is pretty good. Like, shit. So I think they're definitely in the conversation um, and could continue to be in the conversation. We did mention Travis Scott. I think if Travis hits while the iron's hot right now, like he's riding a big wave from World. If he does... And, and he had that Metro Boomin' album and he was on everyone's record this year. And he, I think he said... On uh, he 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 was featured on that Twenty One Savage song "Out for the Night" on the new on the new album. It was a remix of it. He was like, "You think I got a twin the way I've been working?" or something like that. Like it was like, "Yeah, dude," because you showed up everywhere. I went to his Spotify page and I went to the appears on section. He must have had like forty features this past year. Like that's uh, crazy. unbelievable. So he was he really made an effort this year to be everywhere, and he was, and I and you felt that this year. If he comes back in 2019 with another big release like that, and can maybe curate some more talent in that way to close out the decade, I think he will end up being in the conversation. Um, outside of that, though, you bring up an interesting point about like No Name and and some of those like smaller artists. Yeah, there's a whole crop of those like almost indie rappers. Yes, who are like very popular, but. N- not anywhere close to, like, the huge names that we've mentioned already. Do
1: you mean on the on the level of, like, Open Mike Eagle, Milo? Yeah, like people like that. Even I, even Brock Hampton or, like, JPEG
0: Mafia. Are that feels like, like the next level. It's but- like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I mean, even. It's yeah. like, there's, like, the... There's kind of, like, the DIY people. Yeah. Then there's, like, the next stage up from that. And I think there's a fuck ton of people there. Then there's this in-between of, like these people like Juice World or Gunna, Lil Baby, Shaq West, or like all these people who are undoubtedly massive, but haven't gotten the critical or like general musical acclaim that they need to get to the level of like a Drake, Kendrick, Kanye, even Travis I'd throw in there. I do think 21 Savage is having a moment right now. I think he is too, and we talked about this, I think he's too one-dimensional. Yep. To get to the level of any of those people that we mentioned earlier. That being said though, I think he can fit into like like a Migos kind of like they're massive. But they're only going to get like, they're going to tap out at a certain level because they can only do the same thing over and over again. That's where I see 21 Savage is like the the Migos equivalent.
1: Yeah, I've I've listened a little bit to what is I Am Greater Than I Was. Yeah. Um, it it on, and Trust Tree took me a lot longer than it should have to realize how you can read that just as a plain sentence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, greater yeah. than I was. Yeah, It took me too long. Yeah, to like fully understand what that title meant. Um, and I I lose interest halfway through. That's, I just do. Yeah, with, yeah. with well, that's the thing.
0: Like I, I think a lot of these artists who are in that mid tier are putting out stuff with a lot of filler because they're like, I'm popular enough where I'm going to get a fuck ton of streams, but I kind of need to jam my album with fillers and like maybe some features that aren't that great. And I'm going to get half a billion streams on like my biggest single, but I'm not going to get the acclaim that like maybe Kendrick would for his album or, or, or some of these other people. So
1: on the, on the back of 21 Savage here, I have a question for you what is what role does post malone play in all this so
0: i wanted to bring him up when we talked about who can maybe like be in the conversation for biggest people this might sound crazy i think post malone could get there by the end of this year cuz he's a guy who's grinding and working hard and ends up on everyone's albums yeah. seems like a guy that everyone is kind of like oh yeah post malone like hell yeah seems relatively harmless but still fills in that like hedonistic like i'm kind of a Dirtbag, like I'm gonna get fucked up and speak to that, but I also have these beautiful hooks that I'm lending to everyone's songs and albums.
1: I think he could get there because the truth of the matter is, there's two things. One, Post Malone is hateable if you don't. Oh yeah, for sure. Just based on his image and like the, the what you were saying, the kind of the stuff he sings about, all that stuff. He's an easy target to like loathe. Mm-hmm. I don't loathe him. I like Post I do Malone. Too. And one thing I noticed when I was going through the 21 album is I hit the song where Post had his hook on it and I was like this is my favorite hands down oh yeah cuz it's just it's more just a Post Malone song well and it's like his voice is really cool yeah. and like it it brings a dynamic the quiver he has in his delivery the grit in the in his voice like it there's a an undeniable appeal there that like I had to shed a lot of like misconceptions yes. about him this year too it's like and he's getting he's raked over the coals critically on every album but it's like i I feel like critics feel like they have to do it
0: i i agree and i i think the critical conversation around all of these artists is it almost doesn't matter Uh, with the exception of like kendrick or like connie like those conversations matter even drake seems immune to like critics at this point yeah i think a lot of these guys are just kind of immune to critics yeah, like it doesn't it doesn't really matter. But again, so I think Post Malone fits into this interesting world of incredibly melodic rappers that you alluded to earlier, where it's like we're taking this pop sensibility and filtering it through the hip hop rap sound. And I think people like Sway Lee, yes, and like I mentioned Juice World earlier, and like Lil Gunna and ba- or Gunna and Lil Baby are people like that too. There's like this. Like they're basically singing.
1: They're they're writing a pop song.
0: Yeah, and I think that is what has gotten really hot over the last year or two, couple years. That could, I'm sure, that will continue to be a trend. And I think Post Malone is as well poised as any of them to end up being like the biggest of that genre.
1: We mentioned these guys last week, but um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Chance the Rapper and yeah. then and then Childish Gambino a bit. Chance the Rapper. Feels like someone who on paper has a real claim to and potential road to, like, the throne here Mm -hmm. in rap. But it feels like he's just a little too friendly. And a little too, like, his image is a little too squeaky.
0: Yes, I really think Chance is, like, too hyper aware of, like, critical conversations around him. And it shows, and that's chance, not cool.
1: No chance seems too nice. That's not cool, right?
0: Chance, I had a real chance, pun intended, right. in 2016 when Coloring Book came out, and or was that 2017? Whenever I did, it these was. years are blurring together, and when he was on Pablo with uh what it was, ultra light, beams. Ultra light beam. He had a real moment, and it feels like that. I don't want to say squandered. But it doesn't feel like people talk about Chance no. as much as
1: they should have. No. coming off of that run, and I feel like Donald Glover slash Childish Gambino has the opposite problem, where he he shed the thing where it's like he's the dude from Community. He's too. He's just like, you know, too much like a plant, or like we don't yeah. trust him. He's not. He doesn't come from rap or whatever. Right. It feels to me like Donald Glover is too aloof or like... Doesn't care. Has his hands in too many pots. Yeah. Or like is just too distant from the whole thing yeah. to, to care about actually making it real... He's the most popular, unpopular rapper
0: I've ever heard of. He makes no sense to me from a rap standpoint. Right. Because yeah. I'm like, you don't really have the songs. You have like a few. Yeah. I, wh- but like you're massive. I don't get it.
1: People love Gambino.
0: Yeah. I don't really get it. Let me ask you this, Jake. And this might be the most important question. Where's all this codeine coming from? You got me for sure. I (laughs) What are the economics behind like the codeine trade?
1: It's actually a really good question. Because like
0: future I feel like Future was the first guy where he's just like, I'm gonna like Oh Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne and Future were like Where's Future been? Uh he's been doing stuff. He's been doing stuff. He's actually putting out a new record on the 18th. Right. It's called like uh Monster, maybe. I don't know. Okay.
1: So Codeine
0: cough syrup is that all dirty it sprite it, it's it's codeine cough syrup and soda usually and there's all sorts of people 21 savage included just like i don't sip alcohol i sip syrup or whatever and it's like pretty sure lowane has had like multiple seizures as a result of, of- abusing codeine uh seems to be the uh, drink du jour of the the rap world how crazy is that it's wild if someone, it, like, let's say you came over, or let's say we went to a party, Jake,
1: and we poured a glass of fucking, and I was
0: like, "Oh, dude, I, I'm not, no, I'm not drinking PBRs. I'm drinking codeine." What? And I was like, "You want some? Would you drink a a cup of of, of scissor with me?" If, like, yeah, <laughs> I feel like if someone handed it to me, I'd be like, "Okay, yeah." If Even you were too doing high of doses though, you like, and I, this is what all these guys are doing. It's the equivalent of like DMT, and you like hallucinate and trip. Whoa. That's, like, the appeal, I guess.
1: That's crazy. So. And I don't know. Yeah, maybe I, like, wouldn't do it. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, w- I it's It, scar- it kind of scares it's me. It's certainly not something I am seeking out. I mean, fuck
0: no. No, 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 um, no. But where's this coming from? That's a controlled substance. And this and not is a, to say that these
1: guys can't get their hands on whatever they want, but. This is a whole other podcast, though, which is that. Is that something the drug industry turns a blind eye to? They're like, you know what? We're moving units. We're moving, we units moving units <laughs> we're codeine by the by the case here. Yeah, because of the... Because this... future's in town. Our are, uh, are codeine's going... And uh, like yeah. people hear that. People yeah, aren't stupid. Yeah. They're like, I'm going to try that too. If absolutely. It's, if it's good enough for future... It's certainly it's... good enough for me. Yeah, that's interesting. So that, that's a whole other conversation. That's but... like a Malcolm Gladwell revisionist I, history yeah, podcast. absolutely. I want to
0: ask you, though, what do you make of, like, especially... The rappers who are like all about rapping about like getting fucked up and doing drugs and like the hedonistic lifestyle. What yeah. what's your take on that? Because um, like I think it's fun to listen to. I think it does grow tiresome after a while.
1: Yeah, I think I've, I I think I have less fun with it, and it it can be it's it's fun to have on at, like a party, right? Um, that's as much as it does for me, right? I don't right. like I right. I to be honest with you, I don't seek it out. It's not something where like I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to listen to right now. This is maybe the lamest question going off of that, but I was talking
0: to somebody that I work with about it, and she was like, oh, all, all these all these songs now are just, they're so inappropriate. And she's like, I, I don't want my kids listening to this. And I was like, oh, really? I was like, I feel like I wouldn't really care. Like, you yeah. know, it's just, it's music. That's a real conversation, though. That like, people have. That people have not have to think about. Well, and
1: that's a conversation people have been having about rap, and... To go back to like the 80s, heavy metal and stuff. I said I for said decades.
0: this. I was like, well, I feel like when rock music was getting popular, parents had the same issues with oh, it. Yeah. And it's with just, Ozzy Osbourne yeah. and with Warrant. There's some fucked up stuff in these songs, though, I have to say. Yeah. Like, so it, it is a conversation. And
1: there is something very real to be said about um, you know, some of the I think the violence is still there. It has subsided a little I bit. Mean, dude, listen to 21 Savage. I know, yeah, for real. And can't leave home without my Glock, you know, how much of that do you think is is
0: posturing? We've asked this um, before. I think with 21 Savage, he does come from a history of violence. His brother was literally killed. And I think so he's 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 telling his own experience and he's like, I literally have PTSD from like all this shit that I've done. I do think with people like 21 Savage, he has seen that stuff and experienced it. I don't know how much he is anymore. I think there is a lot of posturing when it comes to, you know, but it doesn't mean it's not savage. Why always rap about gun smoke? Yeah, because I fell in love with the gun smoke. You know,
1: like which is like you know, and and even if it's not the truth now or it's not the experience now that he's a popular rapper, it was, and that's that's valid. Yeah, I I I think in terms of like the conversation of appropriateness, I think that's anyone's personal call to make, but like the end of the day you're gonna find it anyways right like being, oh, that was kind of my logic yeah being protected from rap or from you know the inappropriate content of music or movies or any art yeah there's some common sense stuff don't inundate a 4-year-old right. kid with this shit right but like kids eventually start dipping their toe into yeah. this stuff they'll like find I, it when i was 12 13 14 I'm, i you know you're starting to like kind of like just be adjacent to those types of totally. that kind of music, and like you hear it anyways. It's not like you are internalizing it and being like, right. like I didn't listen to Rage Against the Machine when I was fourteen and be like, I am gonna be a communist now, <laughs> right? You know right, what I right, mean? Right. Like, I it, it helped shape my worldview in a certain way. Yeah, gave me another perspective. Right, which is I think is important. Yeah, but yeah, I, I know what
0: you mean. Uh, and and to wrap up this conversation, Jake, because it is twenty nineteen now. Um, it is
1: the last year of the decade. As the,
0: as the decade winds down, what do you think we'll look back on? as the most influential work from the rap genre this decade. And asking that, it might seem easy where it's like, oh, well, it's going to be, you know, Twisted Fantasy. It's going to be Good Kid, Mad City, uh, Pimp a Butterfly, etc. I think influential in this case, though, doesn't always necessarily mean best. And I'll give you an example. I had one off the top of my head when I was forming this question. I think Watch the Throne is actually... like one of the most influential for a couple reasons one it introduced the ability for the collaboration album where it's just like oh we're kind of splitting this it's not that serious yeah. but we're just this is kind of like a one off like split that happens all the time now like Travis Scott did one, I think, with, like, Offset or, like, some somebody from Migos. And there's the Metro Boom and 21 Savage collaborations. Like, these happen all the time to varying results. Little Baby, Gunna, etc. Like, these happen all the time. I think that was a major stepping stone. or was like, oh, Kanye and Jay are doing this? Like, let's all do it. The other piece, they basically, like, invented, like, luxury rap in the term luxury rap on that. And just bragging about, like watches and cars and you know taking the top off of cars and like all this shit like obviously that was talked about before but they turned that into an art form on that album and I think that ended up being such an influence for the things that are talked about now so although Watch the Throne is not nearly as good as some of the other Kanye releases or some of the other rap releases I think that's gonna end up being one where it's like oh yeah that ended up being like a huge influence on some of the other stuff that we're hearing now
1: yeah, I, and like so I think the thing that has to be said about Twisted Fantasy or an you know an album like Butterfly or something um which are the ones I think will be talked about as best. They almost like they sort of I understand what you're saying about the influential thing cuz it's like by virtue of the fact that those are such hard albums to make, you, people can't just go out and make a Twisted Fantasy. Right. You can't go make just like can't go out there and just make a to pimp a butterfly. Right. You know, like something that has really influenced, I think, the way albums are put out is like it's it, it, a lot of the stuff Drake did. Like I have to say, I, more I think, life.
0: I think "Take Care," take care, as like oh, you can rap and sing and be like really sensitive about it. Like I think that massively influential on a lot of the stuff that we hear now too,
1: for sure. And also like the way that and it's interesting because we tend to talk about decades as if. They are these closed Finite, organisms. Yeah. These closed yeah. organisms that start in 2010 and end in 2019. But it's like something like More Life or some of those other like later Drake mm-hmm. playlist mixtapes, whatever the fuck he calls them, or maybe Astral World, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And some of this trap stuff that ends up influencing the next five years yeah, outside yep, the decade. Maybe it starts to define what the 2020s sound like. Great point. And maybe what like defined the first half was still that Kanye stuff I, I another one for you too
0: that I think we'll look back on is the money store by death grips
1: yeah I think yeah. influenced that's a good call. so
0: much of a little bit more of the underground or like indie influenced rap that's like left of center where it's like oh there's some weird stuff going on like I got those vibes from like jpeg mafia or yes, like yeah you know it, it's like, glitchy and it's like yeah. It's punk it's yeah punk. it's like the punk rap stuff. it's so
1: it's one of the things that's most fascinating to me that keeps coming to me through this discussion is like change the medium change the art form like rap is a it's a whole different ball of wax and a whole it's like a another like you can form it in a different way than than rock but the same trends appear yeah there's yeah. the maximalist pop ones yep. that are like Maybe they have a little less critical acclaim, but that doesn't matter because everyone fucking loves them. There's the ones who are heralded as geniuses and, like, they have the populist appeal, too. Mm-hmm. There's punk rap, like, that definitely what you were mentioning with the money store. And there's, like, the underground indie stuff that's sort of, you know, it's not super confrontational. It's pleasant, but you can see why it doesn't have the max appeal. That some of the other stuff does. That's one of the most interesting things to me about this. And it, 100%. Is that like that has all really emerged. I mean, I guess it was it was probably there before we knew about it. And by probably, I mean absolutely, definitely. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. But
0: again, this conversation is framed through the perspective of people who aren't seeking that out. And, and we are finding this stuff or hearing this stuff because it's become relatively just popular. Like, as challenging and abrasive as death grips and like the money store is it's like that still found its way to these two white boys in new hampshire like when they were still teenagers so like and
1: and i eventually liked it
0: exactly exactly. once i really pushed with it yeah
1: yeah which is interesting
0: so i I think that kind of wraps it up uh for our conversation you know what i think we actually did that justice I think we did a good job with it, man. So, I hope so. I think we did. I, feel like I think we did. We probably we missed a ton of stuff. Like we didn't mention Aesop Rocky once, who is somebody I love actually, but yeah. like he didn't really fit into this conversation too much. But no, I and mean, there's other there's other rappers out there that I know we both like that probably didn't get mentioned. Um, you know, Run the Jewels is another one. Yeah, that's a hey, that's that collaboration piece. You know, that's like the watch the throne thing I was talking about before. But you know, there's a lot of stuff out there we probably didn't talk about, but. Um, it is a genre that I'm going to make more of an effort to engage with this year, outside of just maybe the most popular stuff or the most like acclaimed stuff, because uh, there is a lot of there's a lot of good songs out there that don't fall into like oh this is a great album, you know. Um, it's incredibly exciting. It's it like is. dude,
1: like it's a whole different world of music, and like we we're saying, all these different subcultures and all these like different artists who are doing interesting things in their own way. It's like that's really exciting to me. Yeah. That that's absolutely. there. And like, you know, we've we've joked and made light of the fact that like with discovering albums, we're starting to run out. We're yeah. not because no, we have yeah, all not. this rap to yeah. get into yeah. and th- dude, like the history of rap is pretty rich already. It is. It is. And there's it, a it lot We have a lot of
0: work to do there. There's
1: so. a lot still there. Yeah,
0: definitely. Uh quick quick release radar Jake before oh, yeah. we wrap up here. Uh, because probably up in the air about a show next week. I don't know how much we have to talk about necessarily. We'll, we'll... We'll play it by ear. Yeah, we'll play that by ear, but... If we don't, we do have Sharon Van Etten with Remind Me Tomorrow and Deer Hunter with Why Hasn't Everything Already Disappeared coming January 18th. So if we don't do a show next week, that's on the radar and we will be talking about those next time we are back.
1: Those album titles, if you read them the other order, is a good sort of like nihilistic thing. Remind Me Tomorrow, uh, Why yeah. Hasn't Everything Already Disappeared? Yeah, or you ask somebody, hey, uh... Why hasn't everything already disappeared? Remind me tomorrow. Remind me
0: tomorrow, man. I, I was thinking the same thing earlier when I was typing this out. Weird. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody.
1: Here we're recording.
0: Uh, so Jake, I've developed an eye twitch in my left eye, it's very, very subtle. Yeah, Celtics are up by 15. Hell yeah, we're playing the Pacers. Pacers Um, are pretty good, yeah, they are. But I've developed an eye twitch, it's very, very subtle. I can feel it though almost at all times, and uh, I don't like it. I don't know, this developed right around the time I started using my light therapy lamp which is wildly helpful by the way i will trade an eye twitch for the benefits of this lamp however give me the lamp i'm not sure if it is fucking with like my eyes in some way
1: yeah i don't know i, I think is that something that like a lot of people get and becomes more pronounced through life because i have sometimes <laughs> felt my eye twitch it's a stress thing and i'm sure looking at screens all day doesn't help right. oh dude looking at screens all day has diminished my vision full stop yeah, you
0: but, have always prided yourself on being a 2020 guy.
1: Yeah, I, I bet if I had the test now, it just would flat out wouldn't be 2020. Right. It's still like good enough where I could read stuff. Right. It also like it's one of those things. It's like I'm I'm not I'm, just, I'm not ready to be a glasses guy yet. Right. Right. You know, and it, glasses are expensive. They are. That's a pain in the ass. And um, you know, like hats. Mm-hmm. They are not the most forgiving to the big You headed. could always
0: get contacts, and it's yeah. the same thing. Although those are a um, bigger pain in the ass. You don't really ever wear yours, right? Never. I Because I'm too lazy. Most people would tell you, oh, it's not a big deal. You get used to it. And you do. But I have just gotten so used to putting on glasses and not factoring in the extra minute or two to my routine where i have to put in contacts or take them out at night that's the worst part it's not the putting them in it's the taking them out before you go to sleep part that's the worst
1: do you are do you especially
0: you you're a fall asleep on the couch guy you forget it like you would you'd have contacts in your eyes all the time it gets stuck to your retinas
1: yeah because mary kate always has to remember to take them out before she falls asleep if she doesn't it's trouble
0: Now, you could get the dailies where as soon as you know, like, oh, fuck, I'm going to be falling asleep, just take them out and, like, throw them. So you don't have to worry about putting them in the case and, like, filling it with saline or whatever. that's old-fashioned shit. Just get, like, dailies and throw them away.
1: Yeah, and, like, it's not to a point where I need to do it yet. It's to the point where, like... When I am reading stuff on my laptop, or mm-hmm. if I'm reading something that I know that's really small that I know I used to like just out of mm-hmm. pride make myself read, yep, it's a little blurrier now. Ooh, it's interesting. A, it's the bottom line. Interesting, and it is from staring at a screen yeah. all fucking yeah. day yeah. Yeah. every yeah. single it's day. Not good. Certainly not good. Like maybe I'll get some of those blue lenses. Yeah, the, like, blue those are light. supposed to help. Yep, yep. What, yep. Are, they, what are they called? Uh, something I don't think gray. I, some...
0: Yeah, touch of gray. Um, I got that those too. would be
1: helpful, those would certainly be helpful, yeah, 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 ma'am. Um, do you have anything else? Let me think. Uh, did I have anything else? I thought I did, it might come to me. Give me two seconds. No, okay, I didn't, okay. I didn't have anything else. We could talk about the favorite, but we don't, so good. good. Oh my god, oh my god, I love god. that movie, I love that so movie. good.
0: Now, yeah, that's actually interesting, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more in the coming weeks. That will probably get nominated for Best Picture, right? I would assume.
1: I think it'll get nominated. I don't think it it's will. It's a weird, it's going to be a
0: weird Oscars year. Because, like, I don't think there's a favorite, really.
1: I think if there is a fa- did you listen to uh, Simmons with Phenasy? Uh, I did, I did. Hennessy Tennessee. Yeah. Um, Who is
0: always looking for an opportunity to, to subvert. And show up Simmons. Simmons,
1: yeah, and I don't think he did this time really that. But well. he'll say stuff like, "Oh, really?" Or yeah. like, "Yeah, okay." Right. So a couple things. One, I think like probably uh, a Star is Born will win. Yeah, ultimately, I think it's that a safe mo- bet. I think a Star is Born is very good and almost couldn't not have been overrated. I agree. It like is overrated I agree. as good as it is. Yeah, the I, I, I the agree. The, the, po- the amount of positivity that flowed out for that movie—it's almost impossible for it not to been. How about Bohemian Rhapsody winning the Golden Globe for drama? That movie's not good. I thought it was entertaining. It's
0: I, entertaining. Yeah. There's a difference between being like a a good movie, especially because well, there's that they pop- got so many facts wrong.
1: Well, there's the populist appeal, and we're about to talk, Sean. It's fitting yeah, that's about true. like trap rap and like yeah. when we you know we would talk about like some pop punk albums that like yeah maybe they're not yeah. great, but they're fun to listen that's to. True. They're easy. there's an argument to be made and like also at what point is it like why is it so wrong to be like yeah the movie that most people went and saw the movie that most people had fun with and enjoyed seeing is the best one was it my favorite no not close like I thought it was that's true I thought it was it was fun yeah and I was like (laughs) I had problems with it because it felt basically like it felt like Queen wrote a movie about themselves, right, in the most flattering light possible. Yeah, and like the other members of the band had to make themselves interesting in it. And it's yeah. like, you know, who cares about the fucking drummer of Queen? No one. <laughs> like that's just the bottom line. <laughs> it's true. And like, like I care about Brian May a little bit. I do I, too. I think he's cool. Yes, he's interesting. But, but like, dude, I, yeah. And also, like, they fucked around with the timeline so much. Yeah. I... I don't know. I, I got problems with that. The other thing with that movie, really quick, was that they like, they took Queen more seriously than they ever were taken, right? Because they were like, there was all these like big, Queens a Family. Yeah, it's like Queen is like, is like sugar. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, yeah. They, they're also like insanely talented musicians, and the stuff they write. Like, the more I listen to it, I realize, wow, no one really could do that. But also, show me one album that was consistently good all the way through. Yeah, I don't know that there would be that. Right. And there are songs band, which there's room for in the world. Oh, of course. And is valuable. Of course. Um, the other thing, really quick, if we're talking Oscars, uh, Vice. Yeah. I really liked it. Loved it. Loved it. Like, another polarizing movie, but I was
0: like... Uh, so, on the, the Watch podcast, Andy Greenwald, Chris Ryan, they didn't like it they had problems with it they said there it, are problems it was with it. it was like a, it was manic it could never settle down and like tell its story i think that was the appeal i think that was a feature not a bug
1: yeah well and i also like i don't know that i totally felt that way i feel like it was working on its own energy that maybe people yeah, aren't yeah, picking yeah, up yeah, on yeah and like is it biased yeah but, but but also I
0: think one of the criticisms is that they, is that the movie gave Dick Cheney a cop out at the end or in general where it was like oh it was cool to be Dick Cheney or like he was a badass for like doing this or like what part said that uh, I think that is one of the criticisms that people have levied against it that it gives him
1: an easy out for the stuff that he did really yes on the grounds of what like at the end when he's like you would have done it too that whole yeah. part. Which is like, no, I thought that leveled it out in a nice way. I thought that was really interesting. Um, and, like, we can just be honest with ourselves, like, Dick Cheney is not an overly redeemable character. Nah. At the end of the day, like, and they tried to put some of that stuff in there, they were honest about, like, how he received his daughter when she came yeah, right, out as gay. right. And I was like, that's really cool he did it that way. But at the end of the day, man, like, some people in history do more bad shit than good. Right, right, right. It just seems like Dick Cheney. The most,
0: I don't think we've talked about this yet, but one of the most um, upsetting parts of that film was when Cheney was just, like, in one of the offices in the White House or or wherever and was doing his, like, low talking out of the side of his mouth thing. Yeah. And he was like, what's the next name? Or whatever, and then it cuts to them this person getting like taken in the street and like thrown in a van. Yeah. Or like, like an airstrike happening and like like when uh Rumsfeld was talking about in that room right there, Nixon is talking to what's his name about bombing Cambodia and the world will change for the worse or the better. And then it quick cuts to just this village in Cambodia of people just like making food or whatever and then all of a sudden like a bomb being dropped and all of them being incinerated yeah dude. and it's like
1: oh i think that was the wrong decision and i also in like the u.s makes decisions like that every year yeah and we do it like from the comfort of our fucking yeah. position and and we're all complacent yeah and i think that's ultimately what i think that was the takeaway from it yeah it's like look cheney's a bad dude but like Okay. Makes our lives better. You know what? Probably you know who also in that position like dropped bombs and drone bombed people is is Obama. Yeah. 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 He did too. Yeah. And like you get put in power that seat does stuff to you. Yep. And like Cheney was halfway to president. Like and yeah. that's another major part of the movie yeah, that which I felt was very interesting. interesting. So,
0: I really liked it. Uh I think Christian Bale could definitely win best actor. Yeah. So, we'll see. I could see it. Uh yeah, we'll probably have more movie talk in the coming weeks. For sure, for sure. Want to dive in? Talk some rap, Jake? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Three, two, one...